Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Of town 
uh, and trying to get back in the building. It's good to hear you as well. Um, you know, we got we got chefs in the building. We're ready to cook. TP, I know you 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 you're hot. You got a dish that you, you couldn't even wait to get on the plate. You just you're eating it right out of the pot. So let's go. Okay. Um, I usually in in sports city for all of these years, I, I try my best to not talk about my teams, right? And, you know, the comments mm-hmm. come or the conversation folds toward me, I'll ask questions or answer as best as I need to do this. But right now, I mean, right now, I have to address the situation because I'm extremely pissed. I am. Um, Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, unfortunately, and that's right. Don't I'm going to say this. People may get mad, but I'm going to say this. Unfortunately, the Minnesota Twins signed Carlos Correa for a six-year, $200 million deal. Right now, I get it. Now, he just was there, but he turned his back on y'all. He didn't even want to make the deal happen. He went to San Francisco to get that big deal. He doesn't pass the physical. Watch the theme um, that I'm following. He doesn't pass the physical. They, they're hitting a, a snug, you know, in a situation, falls apart. He comes all the way across the country to go to Queens, New York, to make this situation happen with the Mets. They signed him to a huge contract. He does not pass the physical. So then him and his agent, they're scrambling to make something happen. They come back to Minnesota for desperate measures because nobody wants them because they are saying he is a, I want to say, an injury liability or I could say injury prone. However we look at it, I'll just say an injury liability. I'll do that because they're saying that the injury that he had is something that a lot of these teams are concerned about, and he did not pass a physical in San Francisco or in New York. But for some strange reason, the Twins and his agent get this deal to go down, well, the conversation to work, and then make the deal go down. And then outside of the deal today, he passes the physical. How, Sway? How did he pass the physical in Minnesota, but he can't pass the physical in Queens or anywhere in New York City or nowhere in San Francisco? I don't get it. And they're giving him that much money. So you mean to tell me that Byron Buxton just had an all-star season last year. What's going to happen this year when you have to pay him? What happens to Luis Reyes? This dude just won the, the batting title this year when you have to pay him. And he's a good addition to the team. But Jorge Polanco was an all-star. Like, you, you just push him out of the way, and I get it. Correa's younger and has talent, you know. Uh, but I feel like Polanco was homegrown. This was our backyard. I feel like he got something to prove. Like So you, you, you push him out of the way for Correa. Correa was injured this season, missed time this year with the Twins. And you give him all of this money and uh, – if it matches out, it could get to $270 million where this dude could end up receiving somewhere near 40. Like, come on. Like that, that's, that's ridiculous. This is a team that never spent money. The twins never spent money. Now on one player, they dumping every dime they can in the call of career. We need pitching. Why don't you go after Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer just got off of the band. Go get him. We need a left-handed pitcher. Y'all sitting on your hands. Y'all waiting for, uh, Hente um, Maeda to come back after Tommy John surgery. We need pitching. Y'all lost two pitchers. Archer left. All of these pitchers left. Y'all not worried about the one glaring thing about the Twins, and that's the pitching staff. Instead of bringing a bat in, that's a credible bat. I won't take that away from him. But to dump so much money into him, especially while everybody around the league didn't want to touch him because of his injury liability, how does he pass a physical in Minnesota? I do not get it. I am red hot. I am so sick of this shit. Of this stuff with the twins is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. I, I can't. I'm, I, I apologize for it, City. I did not mean to curse, but I am that red hot. 
that Correa was able to get that type of deal. I wanted him to come back. I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to see him come back. Mm-hmm. Reason with the team. Mm-hmm. Don't don't soak up everything from the Twins. You you soaking up everything from a team that ain't trying to spend, even though they got money. That, that I just don't get it. But I had to get that on my chest. I want to see how y'all feel about it. You you know what? The you thoughts crazy. and views. The, the thoughts and views of, of that okay. host is not indicative of Sports City. But uh, no, I'm kidding. TV's hey, hot. Jerry, uh, Jerry, Chandler, I'm gonna let you, yeah, Chandler, I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to bring in Mike and let him get his opinion too. But go ahead, Chandler. Because you know what? You know how, how ridiculous you sound right now? First of all, last year he signed for three years and 105. So if you add three more years, that would be 210. That's the first thing, but he opted out of that. So obviously mm-hmm. – you just gave him the rest of the contract that you gave him last year. That's the first thing. Secondly, this supposed injury, he was oh, he passed the physical for you last year. And the, the supposed injury liability is something that happened when he was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's almost 10 years later, by the way. And he has never missed time because of that injury ever again. Ever mm-hmm. again. Now, when he's in his late 30s, which is why he was willing to move to third base, will we have mm-hmm. some calcification and probably some nice and arthritis in that ankle? Probably so. In his late 30s. Oh, by the way, Byron Buxton signed a seven-year extension for $100 million. So you don't have to worry about paying Byron Buxton. You don't have to worry about paying him because you're already paying him. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand this angst over somebody that you had who didn't miss time because of this mystery injury everybody's worried about that who was on your team last year for basically the same money you just added three years. How was this a problem? Was injured and, and- last year. He was injured on the not team last year. Not for the ankle. No, but not Ty, for the injury. Yeah, not for his, Right, right. See, here's the, here's the deal. If, Ty, I would agree with you if this was a – if they if they got the sucker move and did a 10- to 12-year deal. But they got a six-year deal, and it's vested to, what, nine or ten? If, he, if, the, if the team wants to opt in, not if Correa wants to opt in, if I'm correct. I'm not sure. I got to get the particulars on the vesting options. I think it's like 10 million in this eighth or ninth year or something like that. I can't remember what it is. If the Twins paid him for 10 years, I would be right there with you. Six years, when the injury, the arthritis is supposed to probably come to bow and like 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 Chandler said later in his 30s, it's not a bad deal. And it's 33, 30, yeah, about 33 million a year. It's not a terrible deal. It's bad. Okay, so bad. I know y'all don't watch Twins. I know y'all don't watch Twins baseball. I know y'all don't. I know y'all don't. I'm look sorry, what? You're telling me I don't watch baseball? Look, look, look at the rest of the team, no, right? Twins, Twins. There, there's, there's, a glaring, there's a glaring hole in left field right now. There's a glaring hole in left field right now. They got to fill it. Max Kepler has not hit the ball well in the past two seasons. They're talking about trading him to the Yankees. They want to give him up to the Yankees and give him the short porch so he can start smacking stuff out of the Yankees stadium that will help him instead of keeping him there where he's a good bat, but he hasn't done anything for the Twins, who are you going to bring there to entice them to get money around them? Like, if he's soaking up that much money, what names are you bringing to Minnesota to help this team out? It's, it's outside There's of him. There's nobody it's, out there right it's, now. 
is yeah, bigger than him. The, the, the hot stove is over. So I so sold it over. We just gonna sit there. We gonna sit there with no nothing. They can't bring anybody in there. No, Mid-season, what you do is you develop dream. like you've always done. You got Kirillov, you got Kepler. Now with the lack of the shift and people having to actually play defense, okay, Kep, both Kepler and Kirillov should go up about thirty points. Okay, now Kepler, the problem has always been, and this is the problem that they had with Sano and a bunch of other guys that they had there, is they tried to turn these guys into damn home run hitters because it was boom or bust. Now that it's no longer boom or bust, and you can let Kepler, who is a line drive hitter with power, not a home run hitter, by the way, he's a line drive hitter with power, if you let him actually hit to where he's, the way he's capable of hitting, you got about a guy who's going to hit you 270 and play gold glove defense. What's the problem? I think more, like I said, they can go and get, um, what's the dude? I just said his name, Trevor Bauer, 700000 You could go get him a left-hander, but bring him there. And they could pay him the minimum. But, like, they're not trying to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. where we really need. Look, look at our pitching staff right now. Look at our pitching staff right now. That's what need work. Like to throw him that. Like no. Like I feel like they're gonna they're gonna regret throwing that much money to him. This I don't feel like this is a turnover in the next two seasons for them to be ALCS, which I feel like that could happen. That should be able to happen soon if they brought more names there. I mean, I I I think they do need work. I think it's something they're gonna have to work out mid season in a trade. Um, there's just not a lot of guys left. The hot stove is practically over. I mean, I don't know any big names that are left. Mike can probably tell us when I bring him in, but um, it's not a terrible signing. But I agree, you're, you got more work to do. You know, it's just like the Yankees bringing back Judge. It was great. It was a good feeling, but Yankees needed more work, and and they did. They did a little bit more. So, but I, it's 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 not a 12 year deal. It's not a 13 year deal. That that you know he got half of that. Like Boris. State was like steady saying, "Oh, we're gonna, we're not budging. We're gonna get that money," and he caved. So from that perspective, he caved for a reason. I, I, I agree with you on that, TP. But for both sides, it's a, it's a low risk, high reward, in my opinion. I, it's six years. It's not, you know, and he's still in his prime. So it's, it could be a lot worse. But let me bring in Mike and, and get his opinion. Uh, Calling out at six one five. What's up, Mr. Harvey? Hey, what's going on, fellas? <clears throat> so, this deal with Correa, like, the same physical, passed it last year. Uh, you know, the comment was made, this is an injury over a decade ago, and he hasn't missed any time due to this injury. Like, he has had some other stuff, and, like, he has not played 100. And, uh, he's had more seasons where he's played less than 150 games and more. Uh, that being said, like, I understand the hang-ups with this Giants deal, because you're talking about almost double. I mean, you're talking like 350 or something crazy, like guaranteed in that contract that they were looking at for 13 years. And then you're talking about mm-hmm. even with the Mets, like 12 years and so double this six years plus 300 plus million dollars. That's 100 plus million less than what he signed for. Now, <clears throat> if he's healthy and can be for the majority of this, and the team wants to pick up those extra years, then you're looking at an additional almost 70-something million dollars, $80 million towards the end of the uh, contract. You know, he's got the $8 million signing bonus, 200 in the first six. Keep in mind, the Twins have drafted recently pitching and a lot of shortstop prospects because that's where a lot of times the best athletes are. And so 
you know, if this guy continues to hit, then he can transition to a third or first base later in his career or towards the end of this contract. And this contract is not quite as – should the Twins decide to pick it up, uh, the there's one or two years that are around that $30 million range, and then the last two are like 15 and 10. Um, so then that yeah. could be, you know, a bargain. You know there's going to be some drop-off towards the the end of this deal. I, I think that it's difficult at times for – the twins to compete with the deep pockets of the Mets or the Yankees or even the Red Sox and some of the angels and the Dodgers uh, to get these types of players. And so sometimes to get a guy who is a bona fide star, you almost have to have some things sort of fall through the cracks uh, in order to make it work. I mean, is it, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see over the next few years how it pans out because if these guys healthy and really productive, then there's going to be a little bit of egg on the face of the uh, of the Giants brass and and the Mets brass as well. I you know I was the first Barry. You and I went back and forth about it when the Giants first said no on this and and the physical didn't come through. And I'm like I don't know how stupid they are. We have to see how this sort of pans out. And then when the second team felt the same way, I'm like well let's see. But you know he's comfortable in Minnesota. He had a good season there. Uh, I think that. He's a leader in that clubhouse, and a lot of the players really gravitated towards him. So, I think it's a, I think it's a risk for the Twins, but I think it's probably a risk worth taking. They still have a lot of good young pitching in the pipeline that might be a year off. And yeah, you still need to make some more moves, but they got a really highly, uh, they got a really highly touted guy. Um, <clears throat> recently, I mean, they have traded away some arms you know, and getting Sonny Gray in to try to get some people that they thought was going to fill out that staff. So they definitely have some more work to do. But this is a very winnable division and a division that uh, pretty much any team, you know, has the ability to win. I think it's probably only going to be two I'm, or three I'm teams. The division. I'm, I'm past winning that division. They um they got to be able to compete and beat the Yankees, period. They, they, they could beat every team in the United States of America but the Yankees. What, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and just wait for Carlos to perform? No, they, they need to stack up so we can go to war with them. Right now, the Yankees do look somewhat vulnerable because they don't got it all together. But still, yes, yeah, that's that's a house of horror for them when it comes September, October. Like, they, they got to prove that they're making them moves right now to beat them, period. Period. Especially, especially while judges made that deal happen and they still got people there like um, Donaldson. They don't, I don't even know, but I know Barry was mad about it, but he's still there until other – you know, otherwise Hicks still there. You ain't hear no, none of them names that they said that they wanted to see them go. At least the Yankees are still holding the pat with some of them names that are there, still. Like so, I, okay, I, I get it. I get it. There's a situation that they can't win the division, especially with the uh, the departure of Abreu out of Chicago. I think that's big for the White Sox. Like for them to lose him, that's mm-hmm. huge. But like uh, you, yeah. still, you still got to worry about the Tigers. The Tigers are trying to re up right now too. Like so. I, I, the Royals, we have to see if they come out and play ball like they did in the early 2010s. But, like, I, I, you know, it's still up in the air right now. That division is definitely winnable, I agree. But they have to think about beyond the, the division, beyond getting to the DL, ALDS and, and fitting. If they bump into the Yankees again, you can't be scared to go to the Bronx. I got to go in there and take them off. And it's going to take more than just him. Like, I, plus, I, 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 they, need another, they need another two arms in that rotation. They need them, at least two. Yeah. You don't know what okay, my head is going to look like. I'm 100% agree with you. I wanted to go ahead, Chandler. You got to go ahead, Chandler. You got to go ahead, Chandler. Right? 
Yeah, um, you got Sonny Gray. The kid, the kid um, Belasco. Well, I, I love Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray's good. I, I like him. Belasco is going to come. That kid, that kid has an electric arm. He just has to harness it. You got the kid Duran. Um, Trevor McGill, no, he is not bad. Again, good arm, has to harness it. You have arms. Okay, now you like have that guys that they need, to de- yeah, they need to develop them. Yes, absolutely. But you yeah, have arms. And by the way, let me be clear on this. I don't. The whole thing about why Trevor Bauer got suspended, we could do a whole show on that because you just legislated no, how no. somebody has sex. We ain't getting into that. We ain't getting into that. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm right. doing that. You can't bring him into your clubhouse because he is also a racist asshole, and he is poisoned mm-hmm. in a clubhouse. The one thing you don't want to do, especially with a team like Minnesota, where you're kind of on the edge of, you know, on the come up, is bring a guy in that's going to poison the well. And that's the problem with Bauer is aside from all the other, put all the other stuff aside, he's an asshole and not in a good way. Like there are some guys, I'm sorry, I'm saying that there are a-holes and except when they're on your team, right? He's an a-hole yeah. whether he's on your team or not. Right? So at about half Donald of the season, Donald everyone's going to hate the you. antithesis of that, right? <laughs> right, right. You love Bauer when he's on your team. Bauer, you hate him if he's on your team, if he's not on your team, if you see him walking by, if you go by his house, if you hear his name, you can't bring that dude. Oh, and by the way, here's the guy, the name I'm going to give you for your pitcher staff. And I know people you talk about him as, as a bullpen arm. If Chris Paddock can get back to even close to where he was with San Diego, yeah. That's yeah, an all-star arm. But he yeah, got hurt yeah, early, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we got to see if he can bounce back from that catastrophic injury. Um, yeah, yeah. There was another name. Oh, and Joe Ryan, he fell apart after he got COVID. Once he was on fire early in the season, he caught COVID, and it was like everybody sat on his fastball and started getting him out the park. That's the only thing is he could get that swagger back that he had at the start of the season until he fell out once he caught COVID. Like, and he's young, yeah. so right. it's like you know, just hoping that he bounced back to that. But that's a lot. And then you add and, to that. And here's, it's a tie. Hold on, hold on one second, Mike, and I'll, I'll bring it right to you. The, the other reason why I would stay away from power is the Dodgers decided to pay him two, $22 million to go away. The, the Yankees are, are going to keep Hicks and Donaldson, pay those salaries. The Dodgers said, no, I'll pay you $22 million, Get out of my clubhouse. You, you know, that's just not, you know. And there's an arm that you guys need to – I think a lot of teams need to be in on in Zach Britton. I think you can get him for cheap, and he's a bullpen arm that I think should be ready to go by the time the season starts. Go ahead, Mike. Yes. Well, and you still have, like, listen, Luis Arias is one of the most exciting hitters in baseball. He's an average hitter. He's one of the most exciting hitters. And I think once the shift goes away, too, uh, like, I think you might see his average continue to climb some. You got guys like Mm -hmm. Trevor Larnick, who we haven't seen completely healthy for a season yet. Alex Kirillov. A lot of guys with a lot of – with a lot of potential that I think are really going to be quality major league bats. And yes, you got to continue to work on this rotation, but at the end of the day, you have a lead dog, an alpha in the middle of the infield who has been to the mountaintop before and who has won. Mm-hmm. So he knows what it takes in October. And yeah, you're right. that You don't want to just rely on him, but he's the kind of guy that has this sort of swagger that can, that can help, uh, convince those young guys when they get there that that stage is not too 
too big for them. This may not be a one-year fix, and it may take a little bit of time as these arms continue to develop. But I'm telling you, I I think that this team is made better because of Carlos Correa. It's definitely better than it was the day before they signed him. And I I think – I I understand the apprehension, TP, but – and the, for the for the first four or five years, I think you'll be fine. I think – and the fact that it doesn't have to go past seven, eight years unless the team decides to, and it's like Mike said, it's less than the 300 that he was going to get because the, uh, the non-guaranteed adds up to about $70 million, $75 million. Still well under the, the 300 million that the Giants were willing to whore out to him. You know what I mean? So um, – I'm okay with it. I I really am. I I, I see where you're saying where they need more help, and I think that'll come. It'll come. Um, There's still a few pieces out there, not a lot, but I I think it's going to be fine. So we'll see how it is. Call in number 929-477-2759. Got TP Timeless, Mr. Harvey Chandler in the building talking a little baseball. I love when we talk baseball because these guys know their stuff, man. It's fun. Um. You know, shout out to PHI Pelo sponsoring the show. Um, TP, is there anything else you want to add to this, or you, did you have another dish you wanted to throw in there I, I, before we uh, move on? Check the door, see who's at the door. We go from there. Yeah. All right, let's see who's at the door. Calling in from the six three one phone number. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, my name is uh, Brandon. I'm from Long uh, Island, New York. Hey, Brandon, what's going on, man? We're talking a little baseball. What do you got to add to this conversation about Carlos Correa deal, not going to the Mets, going to Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's crazy. Um, you know, it, it. I don't really know that much about it, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I want to talk about the Jets and Mike LaFleur and, and what just happened today. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give everybody a little context. Um, Mike LaFleur, well, they said mutually decided to part ways. The Jets and Mike LaFleur mutually parted ways today. Um, But, yeah, it's been a disaster. Um, We knew a shoe was going to fall. He was either going to be the offensive coordinator or it was going to be the head coach. Uh, Definitely wasn't going to be the GM. But it it turns out it's – it's Mike LaFleur. He's gone. So there's a lot of a lot of offensive coordinator positions open in the NFL right now. So, yeah, go ahead, uh, Brent. Talk to me about you, Jack. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't – I personally don't like the move. Um, you know, you have a struggling quarterback who, who kind of knows the system, who's been in the system for two years, and now you're going to go out and get another offensive coordinator – and now he has to re- now he has to um, know a new system. You know, I, I think it's going to stun his growth. I think it's going to uh, I think it's going to stunt that reset period. Um, what Robert Salva was saying. So you know, I, I really I don't I don't really like the move. I mean, I I kind of I see where you're coming from, and I'll I'll come right to you, Chandler. I I just it's 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 a it's 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 optics right now to me because Joe Douglas can't admit that he drafted the wrong quarterback. Mike so- uh, Robert Sala can't admit that he screwed up this quarterback, and they can't let this quarterback go because then that then they all lose their job. 
So this is the happy medium. We keep Zach Wilson, we pin the blame on Mike before, and then we, we try to fix this kid before we all lose our jobs. Um, you know, the Jets missed out on, on Trevor Lawrence by, by a hair. Uh, when they, they won that last game of the year against the Rams and then missed out on Trevor Lawrence. In the second pick, they went with Zach Wilson. It's been downhill ever since. So um, they can't admit they're wrong. Joe, Joe Douglas has done a good job of drafting players in the, for the Jets the last couple of years. They got a really good defense. I love their receiving core. They, they started to fix that offensive line. It's only the quarterback they messed up. But when you mess up a quarterback, you lose your job. Chandler, go ahead. Um, I would disagree with you on Joe Douglas, but that's a conversation for another day. But, one, okay. Zach Wilson is not going to be Jets, Zach Wilson is not going to be Jets quarterback next year. LaFleur had to go because he refused to adjust. You had a kid who really was only good at half-field reads, period. That's all he was good at. And you kept calling full-field reads. You never adjusted. (laughs) Now, in two years, Zach Wilson has shown nothing of the ability to lead his team. Every single wide receiver, other than Corey Davis, who got a bag he shouldn't have got, has asked to leave because this dude can't get them the ball. So LaFleur is, he's, oh, it's all about my system because my name is Mike LaFleur and my brother is a head coach, so I should be good. Um, No, and go away. So firing him was the right move, and Zach Wilson's not going to be a quarterback anyway because you can't keep Zach Wilson on this roster if you bring in a Derek Carr. If you bring in anybody of any name value that you're going to sign to a long-term deal, which you're going to have to do if you bring him in because you're going to be trading assets to get him, you can't keep Zach Wilson on his roster. You can't. So you're going to have to move so, Zach Wilson. And since you only – no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't, I, don't mean to cut, I don't mean to cut you off, but what if hypothetically Tom Brady comes in? Okay, and, and that goes for a year. I'm just saying hypothetically. You know, what, what if he comes yeah. in for a year or two years, and he says Zach Wilson for a year and two, and he grooms under under Tom Brady? Well, well then, Tom Brady ain't believing the, nobody. The other problem with that is now you're looking at – now you're going to have to uh, – uh, pick up this guy's fifth-year extension, and you still don't know if he can play because he's been sitting right. for two years. Right. That doesn't make sense. So if you bring in another quarterback, you can, well, let me, let me put this a different way because this is the Jets, so they'll do something stupid. But if you bring in another quarterback, <laughs> say, say a Derek Carr or, or, you know, pie in the sky Lamar Jackson or pie in the sky Aaron Rodgers, you have to move Zach Wilson, and here's the piece. You could get something for Zach Wilson because he's only into a second year. You could still get a second-round pick for him. You can get a second-round pick for him. So you move him, get a second-rounder to replace the second-rounder that you're going to have to give up along with the first-rounders, and then you keep it pushing, and you go get a veteran offensive play caller. That's what I would do, but this is the Jets – so they'll sign another rookie offensive coordinator. They'll keep Zach Wilson. They'll bring in Derek Carr, and and it'll be a mess next season. Yeah, I mean, I would bring in a veteran, but it's not Tom Brady. 
it's not Tom Brady. I would bring in a veteran, Zach Wilson. Not a veteran that would take over for Zach Wilson. Go ahead, Brennan. Um, I, I, I literally forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot I what you I got hung up on Tom Brady. You got hung up on the GOAT. He's not even out of Tampa Bay yet. Uh, I don't know what Tampa Bay is going to yeah. do because they're in salary cap hell. I, I don't know what they're going to do after this season, but I don't see Tom Brady coming back there for another season. TP, what do you got on the, on this Jets situation if you want to um, chime in on it? I really don't know how to answer the situation because coming out of college, I was a Zach Wilson fan. I supported him. And it's like as time mm-hmm. went on, it was like he had New York shaky. And it's tough because you, you really can't get anybody to come out of college to deal with the lights of New York and the media and everything that happens if, you, if you're if you down. And um, this season, other than the Lions, the only loss to the Patriots those first two games. So he was 5-3. and three. So he was doing well outside of the right. Lions game and the two Patriots game. And then everything just crumbled after that. But Zach was actually putting up wins while he was there. But I think more or less of people talking like he's not a guy to lead the team, so on and so forth, it kind of derailed him. And, and now I don't know which way they go. Strebler, him, Mike White into another quarterback, the Jets are in a melee right now, especially the way that that went on a decline. And so many people are talking about, you know, Sally's not the guy, but he got that defense top five in the league. So it's like I wouldn't want to displace this guy that got the defense cooking. It is up to that offense somehow to get it turned around and just get a guy to handle this. So I don't know who they feel confident in because they're going back and forth between him and Mike White and with Mike White getting injured and so on and so forth. I don't know which way they go. Do they go in and draft another quarterback, too? If they go into that draft and get another quarterback all the way from McSorley to Hackenberg, all of the names that they picked up in these past the decade, it's like it's all for naught. If they can get somebody to kind of not even groom them, get them to get the winning ways into their mindset, that that, that really has to happen. It, it's tough for the Jets, especially for them to go from above 500 to 500 to under 500 and missing the playoffs. That That is a extreme, like, nick into the side of the chip, man. I, I, I just don't know what they do. Um, they got quarterbacks that are fair favorites. It's just that people got to vibe with them through the good and the bad, and New York ain't trying to wait for that, especially the Jets, especially them. Yeah, because he's the only reason that they didn't they didn't get into the playoffs. Seven and three after beating the Bills um, in a good game at home. There's no reason why you don't make the playoffs, and, and Zach Wilson was the biggest reason. I don't know what you do, but Matt White is not the answer. I mean, I'm sorry, Jeff fans. I he he is a good quarterback. He can play in this league, but once you start getting tape on him for an extended period of time. He does start to make those mistakes that you just can't win with, and and you know, he's not he's not he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a quarterback that I don't I don't think can lead you to the Super Bowl. Um, so I I don't know how you how you take that situation, Mike. What do you think about uh, Mike? What do you think about Mister um, Zach Wilson and the Jets? First of all, I wouldn't give you if I were any other franchise, I wouldn't give up a second round pick for Zach Wilson. I'm not convinced that he's worth that much and he can be that guy. Uh, so I'll say that first and foremost. The second thing I will say is I don't know that Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback of this team in next year either. I just don't think that you can. I think at some point you've got to just be willing to admit we missed on the guy. And I agree with you in the sense that a lot of times if you miss on a quarterback, you lose jobs. Um, but the one thing that I will say is, and we talked about it, the Jets had a really good draft last year. 
they've really uh, done a lot of work to really start to rebuild the entire like framework of that team. Uh, you know, this mm-hmm. this team was a laughingstock a year or two ago, and you know, this year they were very close to being a playoff continue- team, um, and a lot of it mm-hmm. was in spite of the quarterback, because even in some of the games he won, his stat line did not look very good. Let's, let's just be honest. Uh, I think one of the few games that he played decently well was the Steelers game. Uh, but so I think you probably move on from the guy, but I think even if the general manager and coach admit that they were wrong on this guy, they've done enough other things, right. That if they don't miss on the next one, they probably still keep their jobs and survive this, but they better be right with whoever they, go to next if they don't save with Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean I, I I I just don't think you can admit that you missed on you you didn't miss on the quarterback. You didn't develop that will lose your job as a coach. And as a GM if you miss on the quarterback you lose your job because look at Matt Nagy lost his job because he couldn't figure out what to do with Justin Fields. Now, you know the head coach, Matt, whoever is, oh, I can't say his name right, but he looks like a genius because he figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, now they're in, the, they're in the prime position with the number one pick, you know, can trade that pick, get multiple picks, get a receiver, maybe a receiver, get the, the best defensive player in, in, in college, uh, either from or from Georgia, and away you go because now you have the quarterback. You don't have to waste that number one pick on on uh, uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. It's, quarterback is important. You, the, the Jets haven't had one. The, the, the Colts can't figure out how to get one since they lost Andrew Luck. It will cost you your job. I, I'm telling you. like it, it, It's not easy to find that quarterback, and you only have such a short window. Like, coaches come in, in two years, you better be in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised that 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 that, that more heads haven't rolled in New York already. So, I, I don't know. It, that's just, listen, they, they, they're not going to trade him. They're not, I, I agree they should trade him. I don't think he should play another game in New York. But they are going to make it work. They, they, they're going to they're gonna grit and bear it because they can't. They can't be wrong. They can't afford it. Yes, they can. They've already. They, listen, they missed on him. The kid, the kid, the kid never should have been drafted when he was drafted. First of all, he never should have been drafted number two. But since you brought sure. up the, 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 the first round pick, since you brought the pick up, right? Here's here's what I find hilarious right now. Everybody keeps trying to tell me, or I keep hearing everybody say, "Well, they could trade that pick back and get a bunch of picks of Bobby, Bobby, Bobby." Really? Because, see, the Texans got the number two pick. We know they need a quarterback. Then you got the Cardinals. They're not going to trade up because they don't need the quarterback, and they're not going to trade up. Um, then you have the Colts. The Colts don't have the assets to trade up because they kept trading picks for other people's quarterbacks. Then you got the Seahawks. They're not going to trade up. They got Geno. And, you know, Pete Cow would rather run with uh, a guy like Geno then he uh-huh. would go draft, uh, uh, get a high draft pick as far as quarterback because, you know, it's got to be all about Pete. Then we got the Lions. They're not drafting a the quarterback. They're not going to try to trade up. So then you got the Raiders. They're going to go try to get Tom Brady. So they're not going to trade up because they got to make a big splash because they need to fill that stadium. 
So right. then you got Atlanta. They already drafted their quarterback. So you get all the way down to Carolina before you talk about somebody. And in order to give up that number one pick, you're going to have to give up most of your draft. When yeah, I would, I, would, would I would hold them up. But that's the thing. Carolina, again, will be better served because nobody needs a quarterback in there. You tra- you trade up to about maybe three, you're still going to get either um, Young or Stroud, so you're still going to get your quarterback. That's why, mm-hmm. to me, them getting the number one pick or losing the number one pick to Texans really doesn't make a difference because this is not a year where – I mean, you already got people tearing down Bryce Young because, you know, the obligatory, it's a, it's a black quarterback coming out, so let's all tear him down and build right. up a white quarterback going on. If you look at Young and Stroud, okay, um, does anybody think that they are life changers at quarterback? I think they're both going to be really good, but yep. would you give up your entire draft for them? That's the key question. That is the question, Mike. I, I like... I think if you really think Stroud or Bryce Young is that transcendent quarterback, you give up multiple first-rounders to get the Bears pick. If you don't think they are, you stand pat. And you, they might fall to you a la Matt Jones. I, I think it's really a, a case of how desperate am I to get that quarterback. Like, I think Bryce Young is really good, but if I'm, like, if I'm the Texans and somebody's about to take the Bears pick and leapfrog me, if, like, the Panthers are saying, oh, I'm going to trade in and get that pick, I have to make the deal. Or, or I say, you know what, I'll stay at two and I'll take the strap. Or vice versa, or however you want to look at it. Yeah, go ahead. Do you, do, you think, do you think Bryce Young is better than Zach Wilson? Yes. 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 Ty, Ty, Thomas, you say yes? Yes, I do. Mike, what do you think? I mean, they... Is he there? Mike, you there? Repeat your question. I don't don't hear him. He said, do you think... Do you think Zach... Do you think Bryce Young is better than Zach Wilson? Yes, uh, and Sam. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I mean, the Jets are a mess. You know, like I, like somebody said in the in the thing, you know, he's the the Jets are the Jets do dumb things, right? They do dumb things all the time. They trade star players away, and we get dumb players all the time. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe they're going to surprise everybody and, and trade Zach Wilson for a first or second round pick. But you know, but nobody, nobody's given I mean, them a first round pick for him. Nobody's well, given. I would never give up. Or, I would, and I agree with Mike. I'm not giving you a second round pick for Zach Wilson because what I have on tape doesn't make me feel like a second round pick is worth it. Second round pick is is almost like it's like gold. You know, when you get into the third round, that's when you can probably say, okay, uh, you know, we can do that. I, I'm not giving you a second-round pick for Zach Wilson. Um, but we'll see. And, listen, the Jets got priorities. They got to sign Quentin with priority. 
and then they got to figure out if if Mims and, and Elijah Moore want to be here, and that's probably you know dependent on who's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think they need a little bit of offensive line help, but mm-hmm. and, and I think they probably need some safety help. I think they need a. I like their linebackers. I do like their linebackers, but I think they need a safety. I think they need to lock up Quentin Richardson because he is a real talent at tackle. They probably need one more edge rusher, and they need to shore up that offensive line. But they got what it takes right now to be a playoff team. Yeah, Quentin Williams. Is the quarterback. Um, Quentin Williams. Is who yeah, you yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Quentin Williams. Sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. But- yeah. Now the problem though with the offensive line, Makai Beckton is he's too athletic for his size. You cannot yeah. keep him yeah. at the position. If you want to mm-hmm. keep him healthy, which I think the Jets are going to give up on him, it's going to be a mistake because somebody's going to be smart enough to move him inside. If you move yep. him inside, then you can maximize his physical skills and minimize the amount. Now, unless he goes to a team that wants to do all the pulling, you know, the pulling zone scheme type thing. But if you look at Makai Becton, he, good Lord, that man is physically gifted, but his body can't handle that. So you move him to guard, I think. And I think if you put him to guard, you're going to show up your offensive line. Now, yes, you'll have to go out and get another tackle. We get that. But he can still be a, a, a Pro Bowl lineman. You just gotta you just gotta move him inside. Um and then maybe you move one of the guards outside, I don't know, but dude, Makai Beckton, they're gonna give up on him and they really shouldn't. You can't the kid is too physically gifted. You just gotta keep him on the field. Yeah, you can't give up on line unless you know that they're a bust, you can't give up on linemen. You just can't do it. You never find an offensive lineman in free agency unless a team gives up on them for a reason. If you find a lineman that you is pretty good, you sign them. That's that's mm-hmm. a rule of thumb. So ask Nate that ask Nate Soldier. <laughs> you know what I mean? The the Patriots said, No, you can go 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 get your money and the Giants just put it up to give it to him. So, um yeah, like you, but Kai Beckton is, is super talented. You gotta keep that kid. But you know, we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens. It's gonna be fun. Um I I, I so I, I wanted to talk a little bit more football. Uh T P I gotta I gotta bring it to you because we talked about it last night, me, Mr. Harvey, and Sirius talked about it on the NFL free for all. Tuesday nights, uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Shameless plug. Um, I gotta let you get. I gotta let you go. Talk, talk your Lions talk. Go ahead. I, I, the floor is yours. I gotta let you go. Go ahead. Um, it ain't really too much for me to like gloat about. I kind of felt like this was gonna happen. If you check check out my other social media platforms, like at the barbershop, I told them. The week before Thanksgiving, I said, watch week 18 come down to the Lions playing the Packers, everything on the line. The Lions going to win and do some help. I didn't know where it was going to have to come from. They was going to need the help, and they was going to miss the playoffs. Everybody heard me say that. And it freaking happened. Like, like I felt like Nostradamus at that situation. Didn't think that it was going to happen. I really felt like there's no way the Panthers should have beaten us, um, but they did it anyway, and – then all of the complaints after how to feel this, that, and the third. I don't want to hear it. Detroit should have went out there and played ball and shouldn't have took the Panthers lightly because they still were able to go out there and at least put up three scores. So that's one. And um, they, they could have finished 10-7. and seven. 
there's a lot of games that they left on the board that uh, should have went differently. They started the season out up against Philly and lost by three, thirty-eight to thirty-five. Everything was a slugfest. Only if that defense would have turned it around. And the worst part about it, I got to look at it is, I hate to make him the scapegoat. Is Aubrey Pleasant? If, if people don't know who he is, he was the defensive backs co- coach uh, for the Lions. And after the Dolphins game, where the Lions were up, I think it was, I think it was like twenty-four to seventeen, and. They couldn't stop him anymore. They fired him right after that game, and that's when the Lions went crazy. As soon as he left, he got a job 10 days later with the Packers, and the Lions didn't look back at all. And within that week, they got rid of T.J. Hawkinson too. But the one thing that does bother me is how long they sat on Jamison Williams. They didn't have too much of a package ready for him to, like, have plays set out for him. So it's like, what's to come? But now how good Ben Johnson has done. And one day, three teams interviewed this guy. So it's like... I'm hoping Dan Campbell is in there like, yo, just stick around for another year or two, man. But he's so talented to be so young. One of these teams might come and get him, and I'm scared that it can happen. And, and I'm hoping that because Mark Brunel is our quarterback coach, maybe Mark Brunel could do something. But I don't want to, I don't want to turn him loose right now. I just, it just I'm, I'm thinking about everything. I'm not just thinking about the success that the Lions put together, but it's hard to overlook the last ten games they went eight and two. That's a heck of a run. Um, in the season, and, and the two losses being one to the Bills, and the other one was to the, the Panthers. They beat everybody else in their way. So, I'm I'm happy as hell the way that that season went. Um, I'm mad that they sat on Jamison Williams for so long because it's like if they'd have had him earlier in the season, which he was ready to go, but they finally cleared him at the end of November. It was like, well, now we got to see what we can do. And they started making that push before he came. Then he got there, and it got even more electric. So. There's a lot of people out there in social medias and, and on news networks that think that the Lions could actually push for an NFC championship next year and potentially get there. And that somehow bothers me. Like, every time I hear somebody say that or people that I know that are in Michigan or diehard fans that I know when I go out to a Lions game, they'll tattoo themselves with a, a Super Bowl Lombardi trophy on them. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I, I believe in karma. Like, leave that stuff alone. But now I feel it. Um Brad Holmes, I got to give you a ton of credit. I really don't look in the front office and give in the front office a lot of credit, but now I have to give him credit for the job that he's done for the past two seasons for the, the young talent that he brought in, and they were able to come out and make an impact on the field for the team. And um, the league don't notice about the youth that is in Detroit. It ain't like, oh, they came here and made a play here and there. You guys know about James Houston. If you don't, Google him. You know about Aiden Hutchinson. He was a Heisman runner. Like, um, and Amon Ross St. Brown, he's only been there for two years and, and putting up back-to-back, you know, 100-catch hundred seasons. Like, there's a ton of talent there that they get to build off of, let alone while all this is happening, Jamison Williams is there and, and still having to pick up the playbook. Like, I don't even feel like he knows enough plays. Like, so this could get disgusting if they if they put this together right. But the first and foremost, the glaring thing that's always been there since Barry left is the defensive issues. Like, Especially the yeah, back end, yeah. the secondary. If that, if that secondary yeah, is yeah. able to contest people like they did against the Packers or like they did against the Bears or, you know, the games where they shutting people down and consistently could hold a team, let's just say the three scores, anywhere from 17, 21, 24, we're, we're in a winnable position in every single game. I don't think – now I'm at this point, and I'm, I'm removing my bias. I'm saying this right now. I don't think the Lions care to nobody in the NFL. None. No team. Period. Listen, I, I said the Lions were going to make the, the the I said the Lions were going to make the playoffs this year, and I was supremely disappointed 
that they on the outside looking in. I mean, it was it really came down. There were games early in the season, right, TP, that you probably should have won, but it came down to that that Carolina game that you probably should have won. If you win that game, you're the sixth seed. My Giants are the seventh seed, and we're not even talking about anything else, right? But um, they had a. I, I'm a believer in Dan Campbell. Uh, we said it last night that he is definitely a coach of the year candidate, even though they didn't make the playoffs. Um, they, you could see they play for that guy. They that what was your record three and seven, or or three? You know, what was before you guys got hot? I mean, any other one team? They, they were they were one and six. One but and six. I think if, if, right. if you're looking at the the coach, if you're looking at the coaching situation, they have to be a tandem. They have to be. Dan Campbell and uh, Ben Johnson, both of that offense, even when when they went one and six, that offense was still putting up thirty five points a game. Right, but they didn't quit, and and Dan Campbell got them got them believing in themselves, and they played some really inspired football. I agree with you. It's I said it last night. It's only the back end. If they get that secondary short up, maybe one more tackler, because I think you guys got in the trenches. Arguably the best offensive line and a damn good defensive line. I think linebackers, you need probably one more, but I think secondary, corners and, and safeties. That's what you need help with. Um, I think I think you found your quarterback. I think you stick with golf. I think you get him maybe one more weapon or two, but I, I, I don't mind sitting Jameson. Uh, Jameis Winston, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, Jameis I think, Winston, I think it's the quarterback in New Orleans. You talking about Jameson Williams? Jameson Williams, you talking about? Jameson Williams, my bad. Yeah, I think it was smart to hold him back a little bit. I think it, it, he was he was itching to get out there. I think it was smart to to hold him back because now next year the sky's the limit for him and St. Brown. Can you imagine those two on the field together? Oh my God! But mm-hmm. I like this team. I I think I think if they get this draft right, they will win the division next year. Booking. You like them, I love them, and I'm gonna say this here. I'm gonna say this here now. Um, I'm admitting this here on Tour City. Before I looked at him, kind of like you know he's over there, and I got to see him how he is. I am a diehard Jared Goff fan. Right now, I am a diehard Jared Goff fan. This guy, no, no, you laughing? This dude fought through adversity, watching that team be one and yeah. six, and who's the face of the Lions? Who's the face of that team right now? Um, I mean, outside of, I mean, you can't say it's Swift. It's got to be consistent in golf. It, it's golf. It's Jared Goff. That offense was the only thing that was consistent all season long. The only game he let them down was against the Patriots when they got shut out, but Belichick knows about how to shut him down. That's what he did to him in the Super Bowl. Took him out of the game. They scored three points in the Super Bowl. Did the same thing to him yeah. again. Stopped golf and then shut down everything. And that's exactly what he did to them in Foxborough. Belichick knows how to deal with golf and stopping him. Other than that, golf went crazy every game, every game, or at least gave us at least three scores, at least. I'm sorry, oh, no, he had two against the Packers, the 15-9 game when they beat the Packers in Detroit. But every everything else is yeah. basically three or four scores. He was lighting the scoreboard up like crazy, electric. Especially, especially he's finally gotten weapons. Like even when he was in LA, it was Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Higby. Like he didn't. Now he got weapons. Now you see how exciting this is. Like. Right now, this season, Jared Goff was better than Aaron Rodgers all season long. Yep. I mean, that's not yep. even debatable. Chandler, go ahead. Um, I mean, you know I was on the Lions uh, all season. Um, 
I like what I what now with Ben Johnson. What I would do, I'm Dan Campbell. I walk into the Ford family offices. I say, listen, you make him the highest paid offensive coordinator in the history of this league. Ever. Ever. Yeah, ever, 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 ever. Nobody ever. Period. Period. You go to him. Nobody's allowed to talk to him. Nobody's allowed to talk to him. Anybody requesting an interview? No. Yeah, you do what Jerry Jones did um, when Jason Garrett was his offensive coordinator and he knew he was going to be his coach. Well, he paid Garrett and kept him there. Um, like with Dan right. Quinn last year, he gave Dan Quinn a hell of a raise to get him to stay. Um, and you say to Ben Johnson, listen, you're going to get another job. Just give me two years. You know, give me two years. Put this, put this money in the bank, right? And then you not only get to go be a head coach, you get to go be a head coach because you're coming from a playoff-winning team, which means you get even more money as a head coach. But, yeah, I mean, they don't have a lot of holes to fill. And the thing of which, which they've finally done, which they stopped doing for a long time in Detroit, is they got players that fit the coach and the system. Some of these right. names – that, that you like, like, like the kid Houston. Nobody had heard. Nobody knew who he was. He's from an HBCU. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was this talking about him. He's a monster, and he's a and complete he's a monster. Yes. You know, and he fits what they do. He fits the mindset. Listen, there are certain teams that just fit their city. The Lions, when the Lions are a tough-minded. We go, we go, we come in no matter what you do, no matter where you are, we will come and we going to fight you. When they have those type of teams, which they had with Barry, yeah, they didn't win a lot of playoff games, but those, those Lions teams were hard to play against. They're successful. Mm-hmm. So now you have a coach in place who understands that you have players who buy in not only to the system, but to the city. They're invested. They're invested. And once you get players invested in your city, you, it's a whole lot of success you can have. So I like what they're doing. I kind of wanted them to keep Jameson out all year because I wanted them to get him his body right. I wanted to get him understanding how to get his nutrition, his diet, how to work out. So I kind of like the fact that they held him off so long because it, it taught he got to learn how to prepare like a professional. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Because you can say what you want about college. It's different, man. You got to eat different. You got to train different. You know, it's it's different. You know, so it's it's the Lions are on the come. They are on the come. There's no doubt about it. Now, the and, and our, I'm not saying the NFC Championship, but I say there's no reason that they should not be in play for the NFC North next season. No right. reason. Absolutely, absolutely. Mike, what do you got? And then I want to talk some. Oh, go ahead. I was saying, what team do you think threatening them from getting? What, what team threatening them from getting from the NFC Championship? Who, who can stop them? Um, Only the Bears. You still got to look at Minnesota. You got no. You got to look at Minnesota still because that team. So I'm can not score. talking about the North. I'm talking about the NFC Championship. I'm not talking about the North. I'm talking about the NFC Championship. Oh. You say you don't want to go that far. I'm talking about a cross the NFC. Uh, Niners and Eagles. Niners and Eagles. I feel like that. I feel like the Niners Lions. That's a fair fight. That's like if I don't know oh, if you've ever seen the movie The Outsiders. That's like the oh. coaches in them. That's a fair fight. The only thing I would say, TP, is the Lions need to learn how to win on the road. And that's a, what a lot of championship teams they need to won. learn to do. They, at at, 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 at home, road. nobody stops. But here's what I'm saying. At home, nobody stops that offense. 
on the road, Listen. that offense kind of wanes a little bit. So once they out of figure that, that out. 10, right? Out of that last 10, they lost two games. They lost one road game. They won their road game. But they don't score like they do when they're at home. When they're at home, that, it's a track meet. You can forget about it. Oh, yeah, I mean, everybody's at different at home. Every, everybody's comfortable when they sit in their labor. No, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm looking at San Francisco defense. If I'm looking at San Francisco defense, we can slaughter their secondary. Slaughter them. Slaughter them. Their front mm-hmm. seven is what we got to get past. Both of them is what we right. got to get past. Other than that, they, they corners can't handle all them receivers. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Name they, they top corner and then go down. Watch. Exactly. Name the top corner and, I mean, and then go down. Or take it. Impress me. It's the Watch system. This. It's the system. That defensive coordinator, who will be a head coach this year, trust me on that. Um, Mike, what do you, then, then what the you four, got? Then the fourth receiver coming out is Jamison Williams blowing the doors off the hedges. Man, please. Yeah. Okay. Mike, what do you got? What do you got on the um? What do you got on the Lions? And I want to talk some playoff football. So I agree with a lot of what's been said about the Lions. Um, always been a fan of Dan Campbell. His players in New Orleans loved him too. Uh, listen, watching the the hard knocks, uh, you know, he made you want to run through a wall for that guy. Even watching with like uh, Shepard, the linebackers coach, uh, former LSU Tiger. Uh, like just hearing his speech with him and whatever, like like you just can't help but get fired up listening to Dan Campbell. And the one thing that I said even last night was I was impressed because there's a lot of spotlight on them with all the hard knocks and everything. And when they started that season uh, at one and six, there were a lot of people laughing, going, "Well, so much for that." And you know they stayed the course as we talked about last night. They never let go of the rope. As TP said, they went eight and two down the stretch. To me, I think any defense in the NFC is going to have trouble checking the Lions, especially when Jared Goff is playing well, uh, because he's an engine that made it go. He was definitely uh, top ten, arguably a top five quarterback in the league this year with the way he played. And so, uh, looking at that, I think they're convinced that uh, he's a franchise guy for a while. I think he's done enough to prove it over the over the last couple of seasons. And to me, uh, the the thing that Detroit really they they've got almost everything they need on the offensive side of the ball. To me, you really have mm-hmm. to look strong defensively during this draft. And if you do make any kind of under the radar moves, you got to continue to improve the defensive side of the ball. Um, so you can continue. We saw flashes with Akuda and different guys this season. We saw them shut people down some, but we just need to see that defense continue to round out into better shape and continue to uh, just get better across the board. And this team's going to be a serious problem. But they don't have a lot of work to do on the offensive side, and uh, they've got a lot of good pieces already on the defensive side of the ball. Just building up around them a little bit better and and getting some more depth, I think, is going to make this team a serious, serious problem and a serious contender for the next few years. Uh, To me, the future is brighter in Detroit right now than it's been since Barry left. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, and it's great to talk about that game and not say a word about the, the, the other team that the Lions beat on because I if I have to talk another four or five months about that dude in Green Bay, 
if he's coming back or not, I'm gonna shoot myself in the head, right? You know what I mean? Like I hate to say that, but I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be a happy camper, let's just put it that way. But call in number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine with you for the next twenty seven minutes or so. We're we we got to talk all things uh we're gonna talk all things uh wild card weekend. Some nice games uh on the on the docket. Um we got Seattle, San Francisco. Um so I'm just gonna run through each game. Uh, in order as they appear. Um, so, Seattle, do the Seattle 49ers, TC, I'll start with you. Um, you know, 49ers favored by 10 uh, at home. Uh, Seattle surprise team, Pete Carroll, uh, one of those candidates that we talked about last night on the NFL free-for-all that probably could be in consideration for coach of the year, but a tall task going up in uh, into Sanford. But, um San Francisco quicken right now offensively and defensively. Can Seattle make this a game? In the words of uh, Ronaldo Ray on a movie on a day at the end of the week that we all love, it's called Friday, and Red got knocked out by Debo, a.k.a. Tiny Lister. God rest his soul. God rest both of those guys' soul. But Ronaldo Ray was asked, Ronaldo Ray was asked, do you want some too, old man? And he said, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what the heck no. happened. And he got out of it. So that's what I believe. No, they do not have a shot. But I feel Geno can make that a game. Something, something is very itchy about that 10-point spread. I feel like it's too easy. I think mm-hmm. Vegas is making it like, oh, they're going to go in there and blow them out. I feel like Geno's going to make that a game, and San Francisco might just put the brakes on them in the fourth quarter and keep that, like, under, you know, under 10. It'd be like a, a touchdown. It, it could, I feel like that game could be 27-20. That's that the type of game I feel can happen. I feel like you got to think, this is Brock Purdy's first uh, postseason start. So unless he comes out there and he's electric and got that crowd rocking like he did his first time starting, then then it's an it's a uphill battle with no legs for the Seahawks. But I feel like this is going to be competitive. <laughs> Geno's making a name for himself, and I think home is, his, is where it is for him in the state of Washington. But I don't think the Seahawks have the moxie to go in there and steal that game. I don't think so. That was a great story. I got a I got a couple of friends that are Seattle fans. Chandler, what do you think about this 49ers Seattle game? Well, let's see. Brock Purdy's played three games. There is now tape on him. There is now there are now tendencies that you can pick on. Um, Kenneth Walker is going to be healthy. Pete Carroll, for all, I don't really care for Pete Carroll, but the man can coach. This is a division rival you're playing for the third time. You bet them 10 points if you want. Um, I think Seattle's going to win this game. Really? Yeah. Really? It's because everything is set up for the 49ers. Everything is set up for them. And this is a Kyle Shanahan coach team. Last time, everything was set up for him to win the Super Bowl. How'd that work out for him? He gave up a 24-point lead. Last time, everything was set up for him to win the Super Bowl. How'd that work out for him? His team choked. This game is set up for him to win. Tell me the last time Kyle Shanahan's teams have won a game they, they were supposed to win, that they, everything was there for them to, for the taking, and they won it. You can't tell me one. Okay, so one on the Seattle Seahawks. All right, shout out to the Seahawks. Shout out to Gino. Gino! Mike, what do you got? Seattle, San Fran. If you're talking, you're on mute. 
Don't do that. I don't, sure was. Yeah, get I off. Sure was. I, uh, you know, I, I think this is Gino's first postseason start also. You know, I said yep. last night that the coaches that we talked about, as far as Coach of the Year candidates, I, I know that this guy is not going to win the award. But Pete Carroll has to get credit because there are a lot of people, as I said last night, talking about uh, Seattle being, you know, just kind of throwing the towel in and competing in the Bryce Young sweepstakes this season and that kind of thing. And not only was this team better than expected, this team made the playoffs. So um, shout out to Pete Carroll and the job that – and Geno Smith and the job that Seattle was able to do this year when everybody thought once they traded away Russ – when there was talk about Metcalf and Lockett going, but they didn't go anywhere. Um, everybody thought that this team was just going to fold. And then Buffalo, who should have probably drafted Kenny Walker, um, didn't take him. So Walker goes to uh, to Seattle and shows us the, the type of running back that a lot of us believed he would be, you know, at this level. That being said, I agree with Timeless. Uh, San Francisco's Devo, and the answer is no. Um, I, I personally believe, like, going through the six playoff games this weekend, I think Seattle is the second least likely of the lower seeds to win this weekend behind Miami. Um, so, I mean, I think it's the two seven seeds that I think are the least likely to pull off upsets and and come out of the first round. So, I, I like San Francisco all day in this game. I think it may be close, but I just think they have too many weapons and too much on the defensive side of the ball as well, so I think they win. Yeah, I mean, give Seattle credit. They won the last two games to get into the playoffs that they lost three straight to the Panthers, the Niners, um, and the Chiefs. So give them credit for getting in the playoffs. Pete Carroll, um, I didn't even know if he was going to be coaching um, past the season. I I don't know. Now I'm like, I don't think he's going to leave ever, you know what I mean? So, um you know, give give the Seattle Seahawks credit, but I I just think the 49ers are too much. I don't I don't think they. I think they'll. I I would take the points. Um, I kind of agree with TP. I think ten points is kind of funny to me. I probably would have had them at a eight and a half, but um, I'll take the points. But I think uh, the Niners will win this game. Um, Chargers Jaguars TP. Um, you know, speaking of quarterbacks in their first game, Justin Herbert finally making the playoffs after having a solid season, um, his team's starting to get healthy. The Jaguars, thrilling game. What a game that was Saturday night uh, to see the Jaguars get into the playoffs and get uh, defeating the, the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, that was that was fun. Um, you know, I, I had a funny feeling, um, and I said it last night, that the win more than seven games, lo and behold, they win nine and get into the playoffs. So now they host the Chargers. Who do you think wins this game, T.P.? Uh, the road is a road um, road favorite. Chargers are favored by two points against the Jaguars in this game. Um, Justin Herbert can't afford to lose this game with the talent they have in Tandy, or Los Angeles. Excuse me. Um, as you see, the Jaguars are having a successful season, but they're still on the rebuild, and they're doing well with what they have. The Chargers missed the playoffs last year because their coach tried to be the smartest guy in the room. Shout out to Chandler Knight for always saying that, and I stuck with that slogan, trying to be the smartest guy in the room, and it bit him in, in Vegas up against the Raiders, and the Raiders ended up advancing. 
this is a situation where both that coach and Justin Herbert can no longer duck smoke. They got to go out there and take that game up against Jacksonville. I, I get it. It, it. It's a playoff game, and it's anybody's game, any given Sunday. But the Chargers cannot afford to lose that game. I'm going Chargers. I, I feel like they win by a, pos- a possession. I, I really don't want to say this is a field goal type of game, but at least a touchdown, at least. I, I really don't feel like Jacksonville has enough manpower offensively to go to war with Mike Williams, Eckler, and those boys. They could play ball control. They could do it all. And if that defense is revved up enough, the Chargers can make this a long game for the Jags and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm going I'm going with the Chargers, man. If, if they lose, I'll be as red hot as I was at the Carlos Correa signing. I will. Yeah, that's it. It's Mike Mike Williams is going to play, right? He's playing in this game. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, I hope he is playing. But they need him. They, the Chargers definitely need him. Mike, um, what do you got, Chargers or Jaguars? These teams played early in the season, uh, week two or three. Justin Herbert had gotten banged up, and they kind of, uh, you know, he did not look like himself at all. Even the coaches came back afterwards and said, you know, we shouldn't have uh, game planned that way. We should have just, if we, he was going to play, we should have just kind of let him let him go and start trying to kind of shackle him. Uh, Jacksonville beat the daylights out of them that day. I want to say the final was 38 to 14 or something dumb. I'd have to go back and look it up, but it was pretty sizable. I think that with that having happened early in the year, this is a team that's definitely going to have the Chargers' attention. I mean, you would think they would in the playoffs anyway, but sometimes you you know have a team eight and nine, whatever, nine and eight, barely making the playoffs. Sometimes you can kind of overlook them or think, oh, they're the weakest of the division champs, all this kind of thing. Um, but I think that Jacksonville definitely has their attention with that beating that they put on the Chargers earlier this year. Um, and I think that game was out west. I think that game was in – L.A. Um, so I believe that the Chargers are going to make some adjustments. They're going to be, you know, a little bit healthier this time. Um, you know, it's both quarterbacks' first time. Now, the the one reservation that I have is I do believe that, you know, the more proven coach with the more playoff experience and probably the better coach is on the Jacksonville sideline. Um, it. Shout out to Doug Peterson and what he's been able to do. As TP said, this team is still rebuilding. Um, they they drafted pretty well. They've gotten some good uh, picks, and they've you know continued to build up. This team is not nearly uh, anywhere close to what it's going to be. You know, they after they didn't make this Super Bowl and they lost to New England a few years ago, they kind of sold everything off, including Fournette and everything else. They sold everything, even the. Uh, uh, they, they might have gone a little bit further north and sold the, sold the state line that uh, you know between Florida and Georgia, uh, but they've started to rebuild it and put it back together. This team is definitely on the upward swing. I don't think that they're quite ready yet to advance in the playoffs, but big for them to get there. I think they're going to be hurt from again. I think they're on the way up, and the Titans are on the way down in that division. Uh, so we'll see, but I, I think we'll see Jacksonville there again. This is going to be their first time. Uh, in this postseason party, uh, but I don't think they're going to win at home. I think the Chargers are one of the road teams that are going to go in and get this game. And to TP's point, if they don't, like I think there are a lot of questions to be asked um, of this team. They, yeah, they, with the Ravens, with the Ravens' loss, 
Uh, this also means they get to avoid Cincinnati. So the bracket set up for them to at least advance to the next round and have a, you know, have a matchup with Kansas City. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how Staley. I know it's his first time getting, but with questionable calls that he's made, you got, you better win this damn game. That's all I can say. Chandler, what do you think, uh, Chargers or Jaguars? Chargers going to Charger. Brandon Staley, genius. <laughs> Kept Mike Williams in that game far longer than he should have. Mike Williams hasn't practiced for the past two days. Uh, Joey Bosa is still listed with the groin. Now, they say he was full going practice, but it's a groin injury. So they'll lose Joey Bosa somewhere around the second quarter. Jacksonville's winning this game. Duval is going to move on. And it's, you can trace this all the way back to the last game of the season where Brandon Staley kept his starters in in a meaningless game and lost Mike Williams because Mike Williams is a back issue. We all know how that works if you can't practice on Wednesday with a back issue. So, yeah, I'm going Jacksonville. Taylor going against Chalk. I love it. Um, yeah, listen, I, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know if Mike Williams – they need him out there. They need him. It, and that's one of the bigger problems that, you know, Justin Herbert's seen is, you know, outside of Eckler, there's always an issue with his receiving core. It's like they got a talented team, but you can't keep these guys on the field. So, um, yeah, I like the Chargers in this game. I think it's going to be a close game, as the line would uh, predict right now. I think the Chargers probably, um, you know, last-minute last drive and, um, you know, kick a field goal to win the game. That, that's kind of how I feel. This It's going to be a tight game so far. Um, Trevor Lawrence in his first game, I like what he's done this year. Um, you know, really been impressed with how he, you know, second half. He didn't have a really good game against the Titans, missed a lot of throws. Um, it's kind of throws I saw him miss early in the season, especially against the Giants when I was watching him, wide open people, um, left a lot of points on the board. But um, you know, at the at at the end of the day I like Etienne, I like the I like the receiving core. I, I think um the defense is flying around in Jacksonville, so I think they got a lot to build on. Chargers are going to take this. I think Bosa and company are going to get after it and, and really make this a, a, a tough game for them. Um, we got the matchups on, on Sunday. Dolphins, Bills, TP. Um, I'm not sure if two, two is probably – I don't think he's cleared. It looks like um, – I don't – I, I, I mean – He's ruled out. He's ruled out. He yeah, he's ruled out. So he's officially ruled out. So they're going to run with um, – they're going to run with – yeah, Thompson, because I don't even think um, – yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's the guy that's going to be starting in Buffalo, in those cold conditions. Buffalo um, playing, you know, on the, obviously to get to the to the big show, to the Super Bowl, but for, for uh, Dar- Darwin Hamlin, who, um, you know, it, it discharged out of the hospital in, in Buffalo today. Um, you know, God is good. So um, they're going to be playing hard for him. I, I don't. I, I don't. I. I, I want to get your guys' opinion. TP, you go ahead first. Dolphins Bills. It's going to be a tough one for the Dolphins to win on the road. If we could all put a hundred dollars together a piece, it's free money out there. Everybody in the world, we could put our money together and win free money. Just put it on the money line. And everybody just go home. There's nothing to see here. The, the Dolphins are going to Buffalo to try to win. After Hamlin just had that situation happen to him on the field, do you know what type of emotional high the Bills are on right now? I do not see the Dolphins coming in there disrupting it. I think that they could probably keep it close 
uh, with the the spread just because how Vegas works. The, just the dynamic of how those points would be there, and you're like, how are they sticking around? I think that can happen, but there's no way they can go into Buffalo and steal that game. I, I don't think the Dolphins have a shot if they try. They could try to mail in the score. I think Buffalo's still going to win that game. So I think this is a build and, and potentially by a landslide, but I wouldn't mess with the point spread just because of the funny stuff that could happen. But if it came down to that last drive, I feel like Josh Allen has what it takes to knock that team off. Especially with a no a no two you know appearance at all, like I, I feel like this is a build game to lose, not to win. Yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked. Minus minus thirteen, I'll I'll lay the points. I'll lay the points. Um, Chandler, I'll let you go. Dolphins Bills, what do you got? So the Dolphins' only chance to win this game is to take the air out of the ball, and you're starting yeah. Skylar Thompson. I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater with a broken pinky handing off to Mostert and uh, 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 the running back whose name I can't remember. Wilson. Um, there you go. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Wilson. And then just run bubble screens and jet sweeps with, with, with Hill and Waddle. But instead, another genius uh-huh. boy, Mike McDonald, oh, we could put Skyler in there because Skyler can throw the ball down the field. They should get dog walked. They should get dog walked. <laughs> but if he and, 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 and I want them to move, and I want them to move. Oh, geez, then yeah, it's a wrap then because I want them to lose because I'm tired of everybody throwing shade at Brian Flores by trying to act like Mike McDonald did this great coaching job when he got his starting quarterback injured and derailed his career with his decision making. We don't want to talk about that, huh? So yeah, uh, Buffalo. I need y'all to dog walk the Dolphins. We'll, rep- we'll go walk these dogs and represent. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I think they, I think they will. I think you can get the retractable leash. Give them like one of the longest ones you got. Give them as much leeway as you want. You can walk them. Let them, let them play. Go sniff every bush. Pee on any blade of grass they want. Uh, listen, I think that even if you had two playing quarterback for this team. Uh, it's just too many things lined up uh, for Buffalo. Now, I know two at times could throw the ball down the field. That Buffalo pass rush is still fairly nasty. I think that it would be a closer game with Tua because I think that he could uh, at least do a better job if he can stay upright and keep from getting his bell rung. I think he could do a better job of hitting some of those targets down the field and model and hill. Uh, but I just I think Buffalo would win the game even with Tua, so especially when you're talking about a rookie like Skyler Thompson, and nobody even really uh, heard about coming into this year. Really, um, I just don't see it. Uh, I I don't see how. You know, I said earlier that I thought Seattle was the second least likely of the lower seeds to win. This is the first, and it's not even close. Yeah, and and you know, and I I think. They can – they have the weapons on offense, Dolphins, no disrespect to them, but Buffalo is just on a different level right now. And, and I think, like we said, with, with the Darmanham um, situation, I, I just I, – I don't see it. I just don't see it. And with a backup court, third-string quarterback, it's not Brock Purdy, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, it's a different situation. Uh, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna take that from them. The 4 o'clock game, Giants-Vikings. I will save my prediction for last. TP Timeless, I will let you go. Who do you think is going to win this game, Giants? 
faced the Vikings earlier this season. Uh, Vikings won on a 61-yard field goal that closed the game. But um, the Vikings, division champs in the in the North, uh, Giants, you know, I had a schedule. Who do you got? In my James Brown voice, same one. Same one. I don't know if y'all ever heard the big payback, but that's a classic my father raised me up off of. I had to sit in the living room and listen to that song almost every day of the year, and, and I still love that song still to this day. Still, still. Um, I'm going to say the same situation that I had toward Justin Herbert is 10 times more severe for Kirk Cousins. I get it. Vegas has this thing slippery with the spread that they have it at. It's a one-possession type of game. If Kirk Cousins loses this game against the Giants, and not saying that the Giants can't go in there and steal it, right? I will no longer give him any credit. There's nothing that Kirk Cousins could tell me. I could care less if he has a, a single-digit interception total season. I care less if Justin Jefferson is, you know, going crazy with his stats and all this and a third. He has to be able to win a primetime game with everything on the line. And this is a primetime game with everything on the line up against an organization that he knows well because he played down there in D.C. with the commanders at the time. They were named something else. He should be able to get this game while that team should be revved up while they're bringing some of their defenders back to Harrison Smith should be there. So Minnesota cannot lose this game up against the Giants. They just can't. So, I'm going Minnesota, but I think the shock value is there, especially with Vegas setting his point spread up so severely close. But I still think Minnesota gets away with the win. Yeah, uh, three. Like I always say, TP, if you're a three-point um, favorite at home, you're not a favorite. So we'll see how that works out. Um, Mike, who do you who do you got? Giants, Vikings. So. Kirk Cousins concerns me. You know, Daniel Jones has never been on the stage before. Uh, you know, I, my thoughts on Davo and the kind of coach he is and what he's done this year, I clearly stated last night. Um, I'm impressed with the Giants definitely being ahead of schedule. I know also at times in the playoffs it's defense that uh, wins championships. I just don't think the Giants have enough yet offensively. I think they're close, but I, I just don't think they have enough yet. And so that being said, I think Minnesota uh, can get it done. I would not be surprised if they don't. I just feel like uh, I feel like Minnesota's got enough enough weapons and a little bit more fire, firepower offensively to offset the discrepancy in ability on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, now, that being said, if the Giants can get in Kirk Cousins' kitchen early, early, and, and really rattle him and make it a long day, we've seen the blueprint on how to beat this team. Dallas did it. Uh, the Colts did it for the first half, and then we saw what happened in the second half of that game, and it just happened to them again against the Packers. So you know the recipe. It, it's been laid out there for you, Dave and can you do enough offensively to, to take advantage of it if you can uh, really disrupt them? Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I just think the, the Vikings have a little bit too much. But I think it'll be uh, – this is one of those games that I think could could definitely go either way. But gun to my head, I'll take the Vikings. Shannon, Giants, Vikings, what do you got for me, brother? 
Brian Debo, the head coach of the New York football giants, walked into U.S. Bank Stadium, looked at the Vikings and said, I don't know karate, but I know crazy. Giants. You better cut it out using my line. I'm that boy crazy. Listen, um, I'll be quick. Um, I, I'm a Giants fan, obviously. You guys know that. And I will pick with my heart, but I know better. The Giants are going to win this game because I everything that, that Mike alluded to, their defense is horrid. The, the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles showed you how to beat this Viking team. If you get pressure, you get up in his face, you get in Cousins' face. Um, the Giants will do that with Thibodeau and Aziz uh, and company. Getting a Dory Jackson back is going to be huge. Have, they didn't have a Dory Jackson. They didn't have Xavier McKinney uh, the first time they played him. Uh, they had really a kind of banged up secondary and still held them to 24 points until that final field goal. Justin Jefferson, uh, I would have Dory Jackson shadowing him all game, but I don't think you're going to hold him down, but I think it's, he's going to make it uh, difficult for him. Uh, the Giants don't have receivers. Who cares? They haven't all year, and they figured out how to win nine games. I think this team is going to score on the Vikings. Um, and I listen, the Vikings, like you said, CP, better not lose this game, but they will. I, I like the Giants in a close game. Both teams have played close games. The, 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 the games that the Vikings lost last year, they've won this year, those close games, but so have the Giants. And I, I just like the Giants a little bit more this year. Um, and then we got the final game, uh, Ravens uh, in, in the Cincinnati Bengals rematch of the Week 18 game uh, where the Bengals won that game. Um, nobody knows if Lamar Jackson's going to play or not. I don't think he practiced today. TP could correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to go right to you, TP. Um, the Bengals, I think, swept this season series. <clears throat> Division champs, um, Joe Burrow. You got how can you not like that dude? He said, "My window is my career." <laughs> Joe Burrow stand up. He he looked like an R and B singer with that white turtleneck, but he that dude. I mean, he is bold. He is cocky. Uh, Ravens, you know, they are notorious for giving up a lot of late leads. Uh, you better not, you can't do that against a good team like Cincinnati. So. TP, what do you what do you got? Cincinnati and, and uh, Baltimore. They did not sweep. They split. The Ravens beat them earlier this year in October. Oh, right. yep, um, yep. You're right. The, the, the reason why Joe Burrow is so cool while I talk about it, I want you to Google Joe Burrow's birthday. Do that for me, Barry. Just find that out, and then, then it will let you know everything you need to know about Joseph Burrow. <laughs> now, in, in, this, in this game here, um, I don't care if Lamar plays or not. I really feel like what the Baltimore Ravens did this week has nothing to do with the play in between the lines with them giving Roquan Smith all of that money, they're letting Lamar Jackson know we can play without you. I don't know if they're thinking win, but they're they're looking like they are ready to say something crazy and make him go wild or just franchise tag him. I think they're ready for whatever happens or comes their way because Baltimore has been able to survive ever since they got into Baltimore. So with that being said, him not practicing um, – I don't know if he's going to come out there and give it at all. I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't risk everything right now, especially with the way that the season went and for them to have a game like when they played the Giants and he was doing everything that he could and it just fell you know, by the wayside. And he actually let the ball go a couple of times too in that game too. So 
I don't know if Lamar's head is there. Um, I think the Bengals are going to blow them out. I think this game is going to get disgustingly nasty. This this could get anywhere from ten to seventeen points. This is this is what they're about. They're going to be in Cincinnati getting dog walked. I don't think the Ravens stand a chance in this game right here. It's too much going on in Baltimore, and they could care less about their MVP quarterback or anybody else. They don't want to put anything around them. They rather keep working on the defense and thinking the defense is going to win championships. Ray Lewis is not walking through that door. Every is not walking through that door. I get it. Roquan is an awesome linebacker, but he's not bringing you a championship by himself alone. So the Ravens are letting everybody know that they're folding this one up. I'm, I'm going Cincinnati big. I, I think this gets disgusting. There's no way that they can stop this. Even if Lamar plays, uh, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. He did not practice today. I don't think he's going to play. Um, Mike, what do you got real quick? Got Cincinnati in this game. I got I got Cincinnati in this game. They did split early in the season. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow was just really starting to round into shape. Uh, you know, having that appendectomy and everything at the beginning of the season. Uh, that was a game that they very easily could have won. Um, in the first game, you know, you you don't have a healthy Lamar. Uh, Baltimore just doesn't have enough weapons. They are still better defensively, uh, but I just think. There's a little bit too much on the uh, offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati. I think that the stars are going to align, and we're going to get that Cincinnati-Buffalo game uh, next weekend until Cincinnati has to take care of business for that to happen, but I think it will happen. Chandler, what do you got? So you guys getting the last team for my 14 parlay. If if, If the Ravens play, if Lamar plays, rather, Ravens win. Lamar doesn't. Bengals win. Wow, I don't think I, I really don't think that with Lamar they're going to win. I, I just I think I think the Bengals are, are are clicking on all cylinders right now. So we'll see how how it turns out. I don't like how the Ravens are treating Lamar, and Lamar shouldn't have played this year without that contract. I, I think wait until now not to play. Yeah, listen, part of his investment, part of it is probably he's not ready. He's not right, but. He shouldn't have been playing without a contract, and, and I hope he didn't mess up. Cowboys, Bucks, the GOAT going against the, the Cowboys, who are, you know, just not really looking really good right now. Uh, that's the Monday night game. Um, you know, oh God, there's so many so many angles, so many ways to take this game right now. But, you know, the Bucks are are, are, are home dogs. Uh, the Cowboys are favored by two and a half on the road. TP, who you got? This is really tough for me right now just because of the way of 2022 and 2023 have gone. But, Sports City, you know me oh so well and how I love music and how I love entertainment and how I love drama. So here goes the song. There's a story of a guy named Brady. He, he has to. He's undefeated against Dallas right now. And how fitting would it be that Dallas is having a decent season and they get interrupted by Brady again. Like, they have to figure it out so he gets ready to walk out of the league. I I really think Dallas can do it. They can do it. Don't get me wrong. But it's just something about it that Brady can end up pulling this off and, and having Dallas go crazy again in the first round. If, if Dallas loses this first round, I wonder all of the storylines. And I, I just read something today that uh, Jerry Jones said McCarthy's safe. But, you know, what happens to Quinn? Does this team start to break apart? 
does Zeke sit around? Tony Pollard's the guy now. Like, it, it's so many questions if Dallas don't keep this together, especially with the talent that they do have after they watch Amari Cooper walk out of the door too. So I think Brady gets it done. Uh, I really think Brady doesn't go home first round. It can happen. I think Dallas is strong enough to do it, but Brady has not, never, ever lost to the Dallas Cowboys. What would stop him now? I'm, I'm going with Tampa. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Chandler, Tampa, Dallas, Monday night, what do you got? Cowboys by 10. Oh, my God. You're just all over the place. I can't, I can't with you. Mike, what do you got, Dallas or, or Tampa? If you're talking, you're on mute. Mike on once. Mike on twice. Yeah, my bad. I did it again. Uh, so I think, to me, you're going to see very, very early. The question to see is how much pressure can Dallas get on Tom Brady? Because we have seen him over the last couple of years as he has started to age. Uh, we have seen him start to really show frustration. The Saints did it to him a few times. We've seen it happen a couple of times this year. They did beat Dallas to start the season when everybody was healthy. And then you look and see, okay, when they needed the one game to win the division against Carolina, uh, they look like the the Tampa that we've seen the last few years. Mike Evans had a huge game. Uh, Chris Godwin still low key had you know twenty something fantasy points, so he had a good day as well. Uh, if they can protect him, then I think Tampa wins this game. Uh, I feel like Dak has been very inconsistent this year. This is probably the worst year that Dak has had in the in in his professional career as far as interceptions, turnovers, that kind of thing. And so I, I'm just not I'm not convinced that that offense is in sync. I still don't trust Kellen Moore when it comes to calling plays and actually calling a football game. I think a lot of things are going to be very interesting if Dallas drops this game because I think you, you do need both of those guys. As good as Pollard's been, I think he's a second back. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see the fallout uh, – you know, I, I'm going to say that the Bucks can protect him enough and that they find a way to win this game. Uh, but if they can't keep uh, Dallas at the backfield, it's going to be a long day. I just I, I just have a hard time thinking that Brady's uh, streak is going to be broken against the Cowboys uh, this weekend. And very rarely have you seen that man lose in the first round of the playoffs. I'm not sure if ever. Uh, but – if it has happened, it's only happened once or twice. So, uh, I think they—he's uh, the—he's the more proven quarterback. He's got as many weapons at the receiver position, if not more. I, I think Tampa finds a way to get it done. I think it's going to be close, and I don't think it's going to be pretty, just like it wasn't in Week One. But I think they find a way. I like Tampa in this game. I really think Dallas is going to figure out a way to lose this game. It's—it's um, it, not a complete matchup problem. But I think you have an opposite Trayvon Diggs, no corners. Um, they will figure out – Tom Brady will figure out a way to exploit that. They will run the ball on this defense because this defense cannot stop the run. And I feel like Dak Prescott, how do you miss, what, 
six games, five, six games this year, and you still lead the league in interceptions. He looks completely lost behind center right now. He's just making bad decisions with the football. And then you got Kellen Moore, Madden 23. This guy, you got two running backs. One's a pro bowler. One's a $20 million back, and you're consistently throwing the football because you don't know what you're doing. Run the damn ball. Dallas will figure out a way to lose this game. Tom, If it's close in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady will win this game. I, I, and I'll be happy because I hate the Cowboys. But I really feel like Tampa Bay is going to steal this game from from the Cowboys. It'll be the last hurrah for uh, for Tom Brady, and at least in a Buccaneer uniform, because it doesn't look like he's ever going to retire. He's like the Ric Flair of football. He's just never going to retire. Every time he has a retirement match, he never retires. But um, yeah, listen, that's that's all I got. Um, great show as always. I got my little villainous down here is now sleeping on my lap, so. I'm not very useful right now, so I'm just going to close this kitchen up. Uh, shout out to my baby girl. Um, Mike, thank you for calling in. Give us a plug, and, and we get out of here real quick. Man, Barbershop on Clubhouse still continuing to grow. Uh, big family environment there, lots of good conversations. Sports, culture, life, comfortable and uncomfortable conversations, man, but always a place to be on Clubhouse. Stop by and check us out, phiapparel.co. Use the code CHEFS to check out for 15% off. And check out the blog, the website, sportscitychefs.com. Check out Tam and me tomorrow night. Any of the other chefs are, willing to, are welcome to come by. Got shows on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays as well. So make sure you're part of what we uh, are doing. If you like what we're doing, like and subscribe. That always helps us to get the numbers. And remember, you can also listen to us on your uh, Amazon Echoes or Google or uh, Apple Pods or any of your home uh, smart speaker devices. Just to play Sports City Chefs. And you can have this coming right into your living room on your smart speaker and uh, have your phone freed up. So uh, check us out. Continue to uh, subscribe, like, share what we do. And, uh, man, many thanks to the big homie TP. Without him, I wouldn't be here, man. Respect to Chandler and you, villain, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, And, you know, listen, uh, Tom Brady may be like Ric Flair, but all that means is eventually one day, one day, villain, somebody is going to deliver to him. Some sweet chin music. Laissez les bon temps And I do love Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler of all time. But, you know, you you, you talking, listen, I, he spent more money on spilled liquor. Nah, I, I can't, I can't do, I can't do the liquor right now. But uh, shout out to, 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 to Mike, man. Uh, Taylor, man, thank you for calling, man. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, I don't know if you're going to do a show tomorrow. Let me know. But, um, you know, you Give us a plug and let's get out of here. Yeah, I'll uh, we we gonna be doing the show tomorrow. I'll get it scheduled. I forgot. Um, but as always, a lot of fun and everything. And uh, free game, ladies and gentlemen. Take ten dollars. Here's your fourteen parlay for this for these playoff games this weekend: Seahawks, Jaguars, Giants, and Cowboys. When you buy a hundred fifty dollars, that's all I got, fellas. You're taking the you're laying you're taking the points on all those. Taking the spread. Yep. Yep. All right, there you go. Chandler's got your parlay. I might put that in. I I still got my FanDuel account. They tried to lock me out, but I'm in. They can't get rid of me. I, I can't wait to listen to your show. Love listening to your show, man. So I'll definitely check you out tomorrow. Um, sh- shout out to to, to Chandler and, and to you guys doing their thing. 
Um, listen, listen. Like they said, we got the website, we got the blogs, the interviews. We're working on some things. We're going to have probably a guest host with us next week on the NFL Free for All. Uh, so you know, a, a fellow Giants fan, you know, that's the best kind of guest host you get. You know, more to come on those details. We'll we'll get that out as as we get those uh, uh, those details out. But I appreciate doing a show, TP. Always a pleasure, man. Miss hearing your voice. Uh, your girl is here. She's looking for you too, but she fell asleep. So I don't, you know, I don't know what we're gonna do with with this one. You know, she's the one. But um, TP, you know what to do, man. Let's get us out of here, man. We, we paid all the bills. We dotted all the T's. Oh, shout out to PHI Apparel too, man. Uh, shout out to our sponsors. You know, we always looking for for pe- for people to sponsor the show. So, um, you know, shout out to them. Use that promo code Chef get fifteen percent off. Like we always say, get that Philly gear because they in the playoffs. So. Uh, TP, you know what to do, bro. Get us out of here, man. You leave that December baby alone as a December girl. Sagittarius is rule the world. Y'all already know how this go down. And if he didn't, Google Joe Burrow's birthday is December 10th. I mean, what what else can I tell you? So there's Avery's born in December. Joseph Burrow's born in December. Hello. Sports City was born my old, in December. My oldest. My oldest too, T P. My oldest baby. He's, uh, he's in December twenty ninth. She a Capricorn, oh, see that, that no, I feel some type of way now. But I know. Look, so yeah, all in December. See what I'm trying to tell you? Like like it's the bird month and it's the last. It's, it's when they when they think of that month it's the most wonderful time of the year. So I'll just let you know. You leave AJ alone. AJ, I'll be up there soon. Don't don't worry, soon comes. Don't worry. They picking on you. I get it, you up here. Putting belts on, she got different color belts. Don't worry, she's doing her thing, and um, Ag's doing his thing out there on the court too. No, well, don't, don't think I'll be watching from a distance. I got it, I got it, I got to talk, I got to tell us how I feel. But um, stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff going on. Taylor and Mike been going at it for the past couple of weeks. You got the night in the in the Harvey show. I, I, I got to give him a nickname or something. I ain't never thought I had to give Chandler a nickname. Now I got to do something, man. Like they putting me back to work for City. So on that note. Tell a friend to tell a friend to, you know, this is Sports City Chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.